I still can't believe your mom hid all of this from you. Hiding is surviving. That's the Gilman family motto. Mottos are stupid. That's my motto. I hate hiding. But you're crushing it at school. Everyone loves you. You really do have everything. Ugh, no, I don't. Ever since the Battle of the Trident, all us mermaids have been in hiding. I couldn't take it anymore. I felt trapped, so I ran away. But when I ended up at Oceanside High, I was alone. No one could see the real me. And then I found you, my super sea girl bestie. And now everything is right in the world. If it wasn't for this whole mermaid versus kraken war, you and I could be this free all the time. Oh, sure, yeah. But I mean, two teenage girls can't fix history. Wait, what's the first rule of being a mathlete? Mm, never talk about being a mathlete? No, we have to evaluate the problem. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And it's another week at the kids' table. And we're watching Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. And here we have, as a guest, friend of the show, uh, inducted into the Five Timers Club, I believe, with this episode. Um... We have Jonathan Davenport, also always a child at heart. Welcome back to the show, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, apologies, gentlemen. Apologies all around. I believe this was my suggestion, and uh, I own that. Yeah, I'll we, own that. We did reach out to you because we, we wanted to get you involved, and uh, we knew that you are a parent, and we were like, what's a terrible movie that you would love to discuss for this podcast? And you, without hesitation, this was <laughs> your suggestion. <laughs> I can barely hold it together. Um, first of all, uh, as always, kudos on the opening clip. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, your choices are second to none. And I think I'd just like to, I don't know, I just want to suggest that maybe that little clip, that little bit, like evaluate the problem, become kind of a recurring thing, because I feel like that's kind of what you do here. Yes. No, I, can I just say, I think a big reason that you're a five-time uh guest is because i feel seen when you're on the show <laughs> because you thank you i i do put a lot of thought into what i play <laughs> in the opening clip and i did have that exact thought that like you there's so much you get the the plot of the movie in this clip you get a lot of talking and a lot of like inconsistent tone Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really, <laughs> it is it is a microcosm, microcosm. Of, of Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken in yeah. one scene. Which, sorry, can I, one more thing, and I, I hope you guys are on board with me on this, but the, if I can have one minute, because I don't know if you, if other people feel this way, but this title bothers me because it feels like it should rhyme, but it doesn't. Mm, like if yes. it was like Ruby Paquin, Teenage Kraken. Sure. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. already better. The, it bothers me because I feel like it's pretending to be a pre-established IP. Yes, that too. It's. I think that's what it is. It sounds like it's supposed to be something, but it's nothing. 
Yeah, it sounds like it should be whatever the genre is that comes before young adult fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I, it should be a title of like it's like this like it should be next to the Magic Treehouse and How to Train Your Dragon on the book yes. search shelf. Uh, but instead, it's Ruby Gilman, which I guess because she's a fish person. I know it, it took me way too long to realize Gilman is probably a pun on the fact that she oh, has. No. Gil- you didn't That's... get that at all. Highly disappointing. Yeah. Uh, also, thought, right off the bat, I thought that would be for you. But he's yeah, just such a big fan of Brett Gelman that he assumed that it was. <laughs> now it all makes sense. But yeah, I, I put this sense. in a weird category with like Paul Blart Mall Cop. He should be. <laughs> he should be Paul Blop Mall Cop. I maintain. Yeah. Or Paul Blart Mall Fart. Either I way, yeah. it should it should be like Paul Strop Mall Cop. It yeah, right. Should. It does. Like, do they should follow the Deuce Bigelow Mel Gigolo? See, that's Thank what I want. Yes, that is a great title. It's a bad movie, but that's what we want from these titles. Deuce Bigelow, male prostitute. That's what we essentially. <laughs> Deuce du- Deuce Bigelow, sex worker. Or, or it could be like if it was this movie, it'd be like Deuce Sex Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> sex deuce, work. deuce, fuck boy, sex worker. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad that I got that out of my system. No, you it, needed to, and it's, yeah. it's it is just the tip of the iceberg of this wildly flawed movie. That, like, I don't know of of all the movies that we watched. This is uh, to again use some mathly terms. This is like the most asymptote of goodness, where it approaches good and never gets there. Bird it's just it'll, it's never it's never gonna be, it's never gonna be good. But it's like it can see good. It's like oh, there's a good movie, but it's never gonna get there. I think you're more like, generous than I felt because I never felt it getting towards a good movie. I felt I, like it <laughs> evoked good movies. Sometimes mm-hmm. it and, reminded and maybe that's me. That's what snowed me. Yeah, I also just similar to the title. So I don't know about you guys, and I I'm a nerd, and I fully own that. I know what a kraken is. I know release the kraken, which they obviously mm-hmm. evoke in this movie. This movie seems to think that we're all like you know krakens and mermaids in their longtime feud. We all know this, and it's just like what I don't know kraken mythology. And I don't know. It's, if, yeah, it's a tale as old as time, like Frankenstein's, <laughs> and, like Frankenstein's and Dracula's. They just go back fighting all the time. Well, and I it, wouldn't mind seeing that. I, it does have a little bit too of uh, you know, that uh, I don't think about you at all, Don Draper thing of like clearly the the mermaid is meant to be the little mermaid and that's so obvious that that's what they want you to think about there's no kraken in the little (laughs) sorry yeah sorry (laughs) but there's no kraken in the little mermaid ariel is not concerned with you she doesn't think about you at all you're nothing to her kraken (laughs) (laughs) i yeah okay so i don't mind I don't mind like inventing mythology to to make your little story work as long as as long as it's consistent and everyone in the world of your story understands that and knows it and it's a given thing like I can roll with that that's fine. I I'm annoyed I'm 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 with you Joel like no actually I guess I'm more with 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 Andy like it, it's it's close it's close to a good movie. I like the idea of like Krakens v mermaids and mermaids are the baddies. And we haven't seen that. And that's pretty fun. Like, I like the idea of like flip-flopping it. Um, but man, this movie has no idea 
how to do it. That's how what to I set it up. Yes. How to explain it or what to do with it once they even created it. They don't know what they've got. They have no idea how to use it. Yes. No, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, that, like, that's a, no, that's 100 percent. This movie yeah. has like no concept of world building that makes any semblance of sense. It like it just takes it like people know that krakens are a bad sea monster and that mermaids are a good sea monster even though in every iteration of mermaids except the little mermaid they're not good things they kill sailors for right. fun um i mean she kills like, ursula in that movie she does yeah that's which, true let, let's and talk Ursula's about kind of a kraken well also can we because we're never going to get to talk about the little mermaid on this show because it's too beloved and i love that movie but like mm. You, Ursula did no wrong, as far as I'm concerned. I'm team Ursula. You made a deal. You tricked a girl that didn't read the contract. But hey, she's like, you know, entitled princess. You you were straight up with her. You gave her what you promised her. You took her voice and she murdered you. Her and her boyfriend murdered you. And I think they did you wrong. Yeah, I mean, Ursula may have lacked some scruples. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You may even call her unscrupulous. But, but on the whole, she's she never misrepresented saint. herself. And she never tried to murder Ariel with a boat. That's one-sided. I, I, I don't know the story as well as I should, but I do remember, um, isn't there, there's a moment where she sort of, where she sort of breaks bad though, right? Where like, she sees that Ariel's about to uh, make a breakthrough with Eric. She's like, oh, crap, quick, knock the boat over or something like I that. Mean, Remember? She's, she's got her she's she's just, got thumb not, on the scale. She's not playing by her own. I'm just saying she's not completely without I, fault. I would, she likes I, scruples. I would go Air Bud rules on you. There's nothing in their contract that says <laughs> she can't stop her from getting that kiss. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's because true. also Ariel has Sebastian, you know. Yeah, no one said that it's nowhere in the contract that a crab issue <laughs> exhibiting terrible Caribbean stereotypes can't try to romance help the romance. But, I, but that's what I'm saying. That both point. sides. Yeah, I guess the Airbud works both ways. Yeah, both sides clause. are tipping the scales in their favor. So, but yeah, I think there's, you know, it's like a baseball game. You know, but there's there's a, an acceptable amount of cheating that I think both <laughs> sides are engaging in. You know, it's part got of the it, sport. It's but, true. It's but true. you're again, if if you were watching a baseball game and one of the teams tried to murder the other team with a boat, I don't think that would be fair. I'd watch more baseball if that was on the table. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I, I would probably enjoy it more. You know, like you're much more likely watching pro wrestling to see someone try to murder someone with a boat. Has that happened in pro wrestling? I'm sure it happened it in, in a build up to Beach Bat Blast in WCW in 94. <laughs> yeah. like it had to have. Also, that should have been Tugboat's gimmick this whole time. <laughs> Shout out to Fred Ottman, yeah. friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Friend and future guest, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. If we can, if we can, if we can land Uncle Fred. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, but yeah, this Ruby, uh, the this world made no sense. No, in, and, in Ruby and, Okay, so we, let's talk we, about the Canada joke. Let's get into okay, it. Okay, yeah. Because that's like that's. I, I had the same thought. I was like, you know, I know we overuse the term just as a society world building, but there's a reason it means something, you know, it's, it's setting up a consistent world. This movie fails at what Pixar made their name in, you know, I, I'm sure we all remember the first time you saw cars 
And like, I was not like blown away by the concept or anything, but you get in and you look at the world and you're like, oh, they really thought this through. If a car had a house, where does it eat? Does it eat? I don't know, but that's a car table. There's no chairs. Makes sense. Cars yeah. wouldn't have chairs. Like just <laughs> the thought of like just inventing this this whole world that things live in, that everything's got rules and everything's consistent. Um, it just makes it, it grounds things. I and mean, you can go as crazy as you want with the concept because you've grounded something. And this grounds nothing. And no. I feel like that Canada joke exhibits that flaw more than anything else. Like someone said, oh, they're are they blue? And it's like, oh, oh, they're Canadian. It's like, okay, well, they also have freaking fins sticking out of their heads. Right. And also one of them can draw a, his head inside his body and it makes a woman faint, which makes you think that's not normal. Right. But he pops it out. And they're like, oh, it's all cool. Canada. I can't stand it. Yeah. It's just not thought through. It's the laziest well, joke. Well, and right. it as, feels as we all know, Canadians heads flap around because they're not attached to their lower jaws. Right. Well, that's just science. Yes. We know that. Yeah. But also this does feel like they're kind of borrowing the cone heads. We come from France. Joke. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's what yeah, they're yeah. doing. But again, the Coneheads had big heads, but the, yet these are blue. They're blue people in a world if with someone, no noses. Yeah. If someone was blue in our world and said, I'm from Canada, I'd be like, that doesn't explain anything. <laughs> if yeah, they were like, like, it's not. It's not like this is the Doug Funny universe where his best friend Skeeter was blue and people just accepted it. Yeah. Correct. Also, Correct. like if they were like, you know, I'm like, I don't think Canadians are blue. And then they were like, sorry. Then I'd be like, well, OK, maybe. Oh, OK. Yeah. You've been sitting on that. How long you've been sitting on that? I yeah, honestly that just movie. just came up with it. I, w- I would tell you. Yeah. yeah. What's that all about? <laughs> oh, here we go. Did you guys write Ruby Gilman? It feels like the caliber of jokes that how, you get in Ruby. First of all, how dare you? That's the, <laughs> I've known you for quite a, a, a amount of time at this point, and that's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. How dare yeah, you? I mean, I'm so glad you finally came on the show for the last time. Like, it's really <laughs> five times is when it all falls apart. Uh, I just wanted to be on long enough to get the robe. Although (laughs) amazing. That would be a great, like anytime I'm recommending this to the listeners. Anytime someone makes a joke that you don't like, just be like, did you write Ruby Gilman? Oh, (laughs) you know, hearing it playing back that it hurts. I I feel bad. Yeah. I I take, can I take it back? I take it back. Thank you. Show mercy. Thank you. Redacted. Cheerfully accepted. Um, Withdrawn. (laughs) Okay. Can we talk about the fact? So I, maybe you guys, it made more sense to you, but I, I don't feel like I understood the mother's thing at all. And so my one rule, my one rule for this house is don't you ever go in the ocean. That's why we live right next to it. That, that, that frustrated me to no end. Yeah. Which is like, like, if anything, it's a miracle. This is the first time this happened that she made it this long without their schools on a goddamn fjord. <laughs> yeah. I oh, mean, I'm, I'm with you. But that's just the least of this movie's problems. Like, but it's, I don't know that it is. I, you don't I, think I think so. I, I think it's endemic of all of the problems in this movie that it's it, there's so much plot convenience. Well, and terribleness. Because I also and it all stems from the fact that like we can't go anywhere near the water. Too bad there's no such thing as Iowa. Right. Well, it's also <laughs> yeah. I feel like the justification. I think the mom says, "Well, we have to be able to stay." Like to to wet our there's no graceful way to oh say this. Gosh. I don't remember how they say it, but like they need some amount of water because they're krakens. But it's like 
ponds, did they, did they lakes. Say that? Good, good for you if you heard that. I, you know, I don't remember that. There, no, because Ruby, when she finds out, she's like, "Why did we live here?" And she was like, "Well, we needed." I think she might even say we needed to stay moist or something like that. There, could be. This, and there's this, no plumbing in Iowa. <laughs> this well, movie baths, yeah, it's just loaded down with those one line band aids. Like, yeah, and you know, we've seen them a million times. And I feel like a certain number of them are forgivable, but like the whole movie is held together with these. You're right. Like right off the top, uh, the the VO, first of all, is just doing so much heavy lifting, like so, so much. And she's like, the whole thing is like a, a presentation about like why she needs to go to prom. And in that thing, I remember just noting that she was like, and I have to go to prom because I need to blend in. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what, yeah. What's happening? You need to blend in. And then someone said like, and then your mom decided to leave. Why? Because she had to. It's like, well, well why? It's like, because she chose something else. Right. She chose her own path. And then they were like, she chose you. And it was like, I hear those words. I understand the order that you're saying them <laughs> in makes a sentence, but it, it doesn't is grammatically correct. anything. <laughs> right. It explains nothing. And they're, the whole movie is those it's it's tons of them every time they try to explain someone's motivation it just ended up being a platitude and it tied it it tied nothing together it was so frustrating yeah well, well and that's that's what i was trying to get at with the mom too of like where she lives i never understood why she chose a different life for your all the reasons that you just said and then also i get i have a very low tolerance for Plots that revolve around people not having information that someone could have just told them if you can't really <laughs> yes. justify that where it's like she so she is blue. And like I said, there, there's the Band-Aid line about being Canadian, but she doesn't know she's a Kraken, which I never quite understood what she thinks. She knew she's different, but she also doesn't seem to know she's a Kraken. I found all that really confusing. Well, it it, it all makes so little sense. And. Like, they're clearly not humans. And, like, that's mm -hmm. so patently obvious. And, like, they don't have bones or noses, which are right. two key attributes that all that most humans have. It's true. So what's the story there? Like, does she not know? Does she not know that they're Krakens? Because she talks about, you brought it up, uh, you know, I stand up with a spine and I hide my gills. It's like, okay, no, okay, she guess she knows. So what is it that she doesn't know? That she can turn giant? I guess. That's the big secret? That she's yeah. also a kaiju? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, it, it's it, she's get, she goes from zero to 60, like, so angry with her mom. And I cannot pinpoint what it is she's angry about. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Right. Well, and and I, I can't figure out why her mom is upset with the grandma either. Like, none of this but, was clear. And that's the, like... The only reason that we know that the Krakens are good and that the mermaids are evil is because the that's what the movie tells us. Right. We don't know that Grandmama is a benevolent ruler. Yeah. Mm -mm. We're just assumed to be. She doesn't come off that way. <laughs> she doesn't come off as a very <laughs> kind ruler. Um, you know, that at, at worst, she's a hands-off dictator of the Seven Seas Kingdom. Yes. And back to your point. Um, that was another thing that frustrated me when you talk about um, Grandmama and her and the war and that whole thing. It's like, once again, they were so close to a really cool theme about like, oh, our two peoples have been at war. And it's like, but I am friends with a mermaid. And it would have been great if she was like, yeah, 
I'm normal too. And I don't understand. And like, it's a thing with the moms or whatever, but they couldn't do that either. No, they had no. to. Instead, the, the teenage mermaid is just the queen of the mermaids, the only mermaid in the whole movie, just in disguise. So dumb and bad. It's so bad. And the trident. And when she when she's tricking Ruby Gilman, teenage Kraken, into <laughs> stealing the trident for her, it's like, OK, I'm down for that. Finally, the movie something. can be about something. Yeah, right. Um but then the, the the justification is nothing. It's another one of those things where it's just a line. It's like, and if we get the trident, then we don't have to fight anymore because it'll be a symbol. It's like, what are you talking about? But it also seemed yeah. when she did get it that it, I guess it gives you ultimate power. I don't. I, sure. You, yeah. But that's yeah. But that was like the secret plot. Right. The thing that she told Ruby that they were going to to do like didn't make any sense. Like, yeah. It, it was so frustrating. And I think I think. Well, the biggest problems of, with the movie story-wise is just that, like, what's what's the theme? What's the theme, Andy? What's the theme? Like, what what is it? Is it is it like monsters aren't who you think they are? Uh, high school is hell. Uh, don't keep secrets from your family. Uh, parents are trouble. Parents just don't understand. They're like so many of them, and they I, never just nailed one down. I thought the theme was trust the weird old sea dog that talks about monsters. <laughs> He's actually a good dude. Trust Gordon Lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, trust Gordon Lighthouse. Oh, which no, is his her, actual name. Yes, uh, which is almost a joke. It's again almost something because it, it's, it's, it's again, close it's to asymptotically approaching a joke. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because uh, Gordon Lightfoot did write the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, right. which is a phenomenal folk sea shanty anthem. Yes, this close. Yeah, this close to a joke. <laughs> and like, you remember how he's like dead set. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to catch and kill a kraken. I'm gonna I'm gonna whatever whatever it is. His whole thing. His whole thing is that i'm going to i'm against krakens i'm mm -hmm. anti-kraken yeah until someone goes yo turns out the krakens are evil or, or good and the mermaids are evil and he's like right on 180 in one sentence it was crazy well, well and to to add to that too the entire fear that her mother seems to have and that she seems to have i think is this i'm going to be discovered and if everyone knew who i was they would never accept me they all no, no sell the revelation that she's a giant crack and all her friends are just like oh that's cool why didn't you tell us oh and dope you're yeah. you're a fucking kaiju i have no follow-up questions me a teenager who just found out my friend is a giant kaiju monster nothing cool i uh, sorry we ditched you for prom <laughs> and in the hands of a better team that would have been a fantastic joke if that was her fear and then it turned i yeah. think the to answer your question maybe i feel like the version of this movie that worked was she knew she was a kraken she's mm -hmm. been hiding it she's not supposed to she knows she would become a giant kaiju doesn't go in the ocean because she doesn't want to stand out it's all a metaphor for being a teen that doesn't want to stand out that's shy and then events conspire her friend her crush falls in the ocean and she has to save him and she becomes a giant kaiju and then what she discovers is that she can be this big loud version of herself and her friends will accept her do you think you just maybe think of this do you think that that was the original intent and I then hope. turning red came out and they were like ah crap and they had to swerve <laughs> they're like oh, exactly no. The, oh no oh no these exactly guys who are good red. at this did this <laughs> yeah 
right? And at least turning red, it's like a metaphor for puberty. In, yeah. You know? I, I would say at this point, if you're going to let Pixar did it stop you from making children's entertainment, you're just not going to make children's entertainment. <laughs> also, I didn't it's get true. to say this before, but I, now that we're talking about it, I do want to mention that Cars stole the plot of Doc Hollywood. And I think it's important that people know oh, that. Sure. And we reconcile. Like, we yeah, just no, reckon with that. It, yeah. Yeah, and Bugs Life stole the plot of Three Migos. We all know this. Yeah, look, yeah. I right. just, <laughs> I just look. They're very good at it. Pixar is obviously the best, but you know, just on a Toy Story Three is just Citizen Kane. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, man, and most of them are West Side Story. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, fellas. Like this, this movie. It's it's. It's so frustrating because obviously someone cared about it. They put a lot of work into it. I I feel like it. Do you get the committee vibe from it? Yes. No, I think whatever the starting point was and whatever, if turning red factored in or not, I, I would think that I could agree with you that there was maybe a clearer vision when someone pitched this and that it lost it along the way. That if, well, especially because part of the writing team is Pam Brady, who wrote for South Park and has done a lot of really good work. Right. Um, and she was like one of the leads, lead creative minds. But I think it did definitely get caught up because it's just it like stares across the ocean at all of these different ideas that are good themes and good works and doesn't settle on any of them. Yeah. And and like you said, the the pedigree of some of the writers like it is this feels like studio interference. Yeah. It definitely does. Yeah, clearly. And something this big, I'm sure, goes through a lot of hands because it's a big tentpole movie and it didn't do well either. So there's also that. It it did so badly. It either went through too many hands or not enough. (laughs) It's it's right in the middle. But it does (laughs) feel like like too too much to be good and not enough to be good again. I know. Can we talk about too many hands for a second? Because I think I think the thing that bugged me the most about this movie and it's a long list, but this is like there was no reason for it. Grandma Kraken and Mama Kraken both had four sets of tentacle legs. As soon Ruby, as you said too many hands, I knew it. <laughs> Ruby has three sets of tentacle legs, and it makes no goddamn sense. Oh, uh, because the teenage Kraken uh, hasn't had time to grow all her tentacles out yet, and uh, I don't know. Why you would a man more who, about that than anyone in the movie? Why would I mean, a man more than halfway? <laughs> why would a man whose shirt says "Genius at Work" spend so much time thinking <laughs> about, <laughs> about children's entertainment? <laughs> That's the real answer. <laughs> Was but, it a magic xylophone? <laughs> it's it's how you get out of the that's how you get out of the dungeon by finding the wizard's key. <laughs> so okay, so if you're talking about like just like how does their how does it work? Like their stuff, like how come some have some tentacles, have others have different numbers of tentacles? How come the, the boys don't grow? How come the girls do? How come it's only the girls are for family? Like it's it's so random. I'm annoyed at just the powers. Like how does how does it work? They have all the she powers. got wet right away and like passed out. And then I did she grow the first time? No, yes. she didn't grow the first no, time. No, she did grow the first time. It just changed. No, but she she, she grew. Huge? She grew, yeah, she took out, like, part of the school, I think, the first time, the very first well, time. Well, but no, so she goes in the water. Later, yeah. Saves, uh, saves the dude. Young White. But I think that's all connected. to the library and then starts growing. Yes, so it's like delayed. Like, minutes later. 
it's delayed it's growing, but it is because of it's that. Like first... the, it's like the first time you use a shrinky dink. That's me and the when you're a teenager, the tentacles, you don't have as many. <laughs> it's like we're just we have to make up our own canon. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it didn't. It's. Ugh. Yes. Also, I feel like. All the needle drops were Band-Aids. Oh, like the every single one. The music. Them. Yeah, I annoyed me all throughout. Just yeah, I didn't it's, like any of the music start to finish how it was. Especially used. that song yeah. from the end and in the trailer, because I like that song in general. And now whenever I hear it, I think of this movie. So that's bad. Yeah, it's, to be clear, not it's not a comment on the music itself. Right, it's just right. how it's used in the it's movie. Use, no, also like this. This movie sounded like what a Hollywood executive thinks a 14 year old listens to. Thank you. It's it's the uh, Spider-Man homecoming problem of uh, they did such a good job in Civil War of playing cool music. And then for some reason, when Sony took over, uh, sure, a, a teenage boy in the 2020s listens to Blitzkrieg bop when he swings around. <laughs> <laughs> And nothing says a zenial teen than the Ramones. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Speaking of which, along and those I same love lines, the Ramones. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. The, no, like you said, none of this is an indictment on the music. It's just or the, the choices. It's like when they used it and how. Yeah. They used it instead of a story. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah. So you were talking about, oh, I'm lost. I've lost it. Someone jump in. I can't right. Well, because I mentioned Civil War or uh, Spider-Man Homecoming too, it reminded me of a thing that you mentioned that we haven't really talked about, which is the opening thing is like, I have to go to prom. It's important for reasons. Uh, <laughs> reasons. It's important because young. She mm. doesn't try to go to like, she gets very distracted and she ends up at prom, but like, doesn't it feel like, and I, I brought up Spider-Man because I think it does that great of it's called homecoming. There's a little bit yeah. of a pun of he goes to his that homecoming dance. The whole thing is like, I have a date. I'm going to homecoming. Oh, wait, my date's father is the vulture. And he literally gives me a choice between either go in there and, you know, have fun with my daughter. Or if you come back out here, you're Spider-Man and we're fighting. And he, of course, is Spider-Man. And that's the moment. And he has a choice. Yeah. There's never those kind of stakes in this movie. Of you've, you've said that prom is important to you and then seem to forget about prom until it's happening around your giant kaiju battle. And then you're like, I guess I should stop by. I was like, now that the kaiju battle's over, I can go to prom. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. You have time for one more dance. Uh, I remembered my point. So when you talked about like this feeling like what, um, like a studio executive thinks that a teenager uh, wants to listen to, same thing with every single one of the cell phone instances in the movie. Just felt like uh, kids are always on their phones, put in some phone stuff. Even the dad has an ASMR channel. Everyone has one. The kid, I guess, has a dodgeball channel. Yeah. I guess um, he's great at it at the beginning and he's great at it at the end. He's like even greater. Well, that's it, called growth. And <laughs> yes, again, in the yeah, just with this movie, the frustrating thing of you're introducing so the father and the the little brother have, you know, as Liam Neeson would say, a particular set of skills that you show in the beginning and show Can at the end, but they never factor it. in to saving the day. I need you to say it like Liam Neeson, though. Could we do it again? A particular set of skills. 
Oh, <laughs> a particular set of skills. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to try That's one? I feel like I feel like you no, should try. No, 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 okay. no. I can't follow that. I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's like all those things. Um, it, it's it's like you said. Like everything's symbolic of what's wrong with the the movie. Here's one for you. Very, very simple stuff. Just screenwriting, like one, not even one on one, just one. <laughs> what does Ruby want? Yeah. What does she want? 45 minutes into the movie, at some point, she says something like, um, I just want to be, and I was like, leaning in, Ruby Gilman, normal teenager. And I was like, I was afraid you were going to say that because that's what you were at the beginning of the right. movie. Yeah, you had that. Yeah, yeah, you already had it. Like, I don't. I don't know what your deficit is. Like, there's no room for growth because you had everything you wanted at the beginning. Well, and it just was a teenage story. That and that's what your mom wanted as well, and wanted for you. And also, you don't want that because as soon as you find out that you could be the heir to the underwater throne, you're immediately super into that. That would make sense. Yeah. Except she's super not into it. And she's mad. She's like, how could you keep this thing that I don't want from me? But that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you hide that pizza I didn't want from me? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know where this movie went wrong. Like, again, I, I have to assume that well, someone. I think it's a shorter list of where this movie went right. Yeah. Well, I, I, are we are we going to pivot? Uh oh. Are we, I mean, happening? I mean, it feels like it. Can I ask a palate cleanser before we pivot? Because I don't, I, I feel like we're having both of you here and I don't know when I'm ever going to get the chance to ask both of you this question before, but it's something I've wondered. And Jane Fonda is in this movie. Do you think she watched wrestling with Ted Turner? She had to. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've tried to picture Ted Turner and Jane Fonda like in bed you know, or like on their couch, Just turning on nitro, watching on. Monday nitro together. Like, did that ever happen? I like, like, was she in bed next to Ted Turner when he called up Vince and said, Hey Vince, I'm in the wrestling business. Yeah. She was like, good job, honey. Yeah. Tell him. <laughs> I think, I think she's a really cool lady. I love you. I think she's up yeah. for anything. So yeah. I think, yes, I think, yes. Did you see the episode of her on the uh, Norm McDonald show? No, no. Where he's like hitting on her, and she's into it, <laughs> and it's like so much chemistry. And you're like, oh my god, what what is happening? And I, if I'm not mistaken, now I could have invented this in my mind, but I think they actually made out at the end of the show, and it just worked. It was so good, <laughs> which is funny because <laughs> like Norman counting Red Bulls, and she's saying, oh Norm, you can't you can't drink those, and he's like, maybe you can change me, and she was like, oh maybe I can. It was like. <laughs> God, this is great. Which I've never seen. I've never viewed Norm Macdonald Ooh. as romantic with anyone on screen. It's pretty fascinating. It is fascinating. Definitely worth a watch. Yeah, because yeah, like I, we've talked about Dirty Work on the show. It's one of our all time favorite movies. Mm -hmm. And man, does he have zero chemistry with Trailer Howard. Who or, has try. With <laughs> or try. <laughs> yeah, he just he's one of those people that has that. And it's funny, too, because another person that I feel is similar to this, that it doesn't they don't feel sexual. They feel asexual is mm -hmm. Conan O'Brien. And I did listen to Conan O'Brien interview Jane Fonda and also was madly in love with her. And like mm -hmm. she was flirting with him, like which is the the gift of Jane Fonda that. Oh, know. she's just a wonderful, wonderful lady. Wonderful yeah. lady. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood royalty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, I think she did watch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot. You think she watched it like every week? You think she was up yeah, on it? She'll try anything once is my vibe. Okay. With you, but you was don't she think like, she was like up on the streak and like, you know, like, watching, right. was she watching like Sting into, like, from the rafters? Yeah. Was she like part of the Sting squadron? <laughs> also, that what a, what a missed say. opportunity to have her join the NWL. Mm. What if she was the like, it's Hogan... Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Jane Fonda. What if that was the original four? I'd buy that t-shirt. Yeah. It just it's like, are you here to see WCW? <laughs> or are you here to see Jane Fonda and the NWO? <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes wild. There's just there's just montages of her like getting them in shape with her workout videos. Yeah. It all ties in. It all works. And it 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 couldn't have gone badly. No, it, no, it would not be in the top 50 worst things that WCW. Did. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love WCW. Don't get me wrong, but it, it was it, a lot of it was real bad. It was mm-hmm. a, a beautiful car crash. WCW <laughs> late 90s. WCW is is I mean, I was definitely team WWF at the time, but it mm-hmm. is it is something, man. It felt a little bit like the Muppet mm-hmm. show. Where you felt like you were watching a show that was supposed to be going one way and was falling apart in front of your eyes. <laughs> Just Ed Fonda. Yeah. All right. So obviously that was the the bridge between. <laughs> well, there's the liminal space. No, we <laughs> yeah. needed to be talked about. Yeah. When are we going to get that chance again? It's I, true. That was it's it. true. I just looked at both of you and I was like, I think maybe you can answer this for me. Because I was the time. Are we going to be here, all three of us, to talk about Monster-in-Law? I submit that we're not. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. <laughs> um, This voice cast is really effing good, man. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, and that's, I think, a, a, as good a place to start as any. Um, one Lana Condor, all time great name. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about mm-hmm. WCW stars? Lana, Co- <laughs> also Lana Condor, Teenage Kraken. I think sounds better. Lana Condor, Teenage Kraken is a better name than Ruby yeah. Gilman, Teenage yeah. Kraken. Yeah. Uh I had a hard time. What's uh, who played the um, the best friend? Oh, um, I did. Like, I can't remember. She was, I think, also RC in the latest Transformers movie. Um, I don't know if it was what she was given to do. I think it was what, Liza Koshy was her name. I, that her sounds name? that sounds correct. Um, I, I, oh, I had such a hard time buying it. I think it was the writing. I don't think it was the voice acting. I, I, I redacted again. Redacted. Redacted. <laughs> but that's a bad character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can I, I, I do want to particularly say Sam Richardson was trying do no wrong he he's never done any wrong and i everything that did make me laugh in this movie involved him to some degree like i i liked the character it was solid i liked his take on it it's Mm -hmm. a perfect use of him in that he has that like goofy fun vibe to him and playing goofy fun uncle yeah like and the fact that he was pretty useless and pretty clueless and could easily be manipulated all seemed right for this. Like I enjoyed that character a lot and I enjoyed him always, always. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to bring this up. Um, Beautiful. 
Oh, it looked beautiful great. looking movie. Beautiful oh, yeah. looking movie. And the underwater stuff looked phenomenal. Looked like the oh. water looked good. The the fluorescence, like the color palette of underwater. And I complained about this to you guys, I think the last time, maybe two times ago. Um, we've been introduced to an awful lot of underwater kingdoms in the last two years. Yeah. And uh, most of them are trash. And yeah. this one was gorgeous. Yeah. It looked great. It looked really, really nice. Uh, and it felt like at. they were underwater. Like it, the yeah. movement. The, also, just I think the scale, the size, I think this is a tricky thing to do. But when they became giant kaiju krakens. They so seem cool. big and big. There was a couple of real yeah. Pacific Rim shots in there. Yes. Rim shots. Yeah. Pacific Rim shots. <laughs> Did you write Ruby uh, Kraken? The- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh. That, that one I've been waiting for since the oh, beginning. Just it does to, hurt. Yeah, I know, right? I had to get you back. Oh, oh. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. A couple shots where they were just like towering over us and i was like that feels cool i like that a lot i love the bioluminescence they also look great yeah no like i think there were a few moments where it kind of gave like the rubber band vibes from the muppet show like a few times Mm -hmm. um but i love that so making me think of it's not necessarily a bad thing no this movie looked like it it really looked good water is notoriously tough to animate and make look cool and make look believable um like the the kaiju fight was a good kaiju fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like the uh the heart of the ocean, whatever MacGuffin chamber that they had to get through, that looked super cool. That looked really cool. Yeah. Like, um, and I like the way um Ruby in particular uh moved on land. Yeah. She had that like swirly, a swirly vibe to her. She was like it, it made me when I saw the trailer initially, I thought it was uh, uh let me let me just murder this name. Uh, Jindy Tatarnoski. Oh, I, I don't have it, but you Andy know, the, um, thank you for heaven's sakes. Thank you. Uh, I thought it was uh, one of his joints because of you know, like the way the Hotel Transylvania people yeah, move, yeah. like there's a liquidity to them. Yeah, um, so I was kind of shocked to, to not see his name on it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like, there's again, in, in the hands of like better storytellers, um, that would have been a fun little clue to the people around her that like, Oh, there's something up with this girl. She moves in an interesting way, you know? Also, she's blue yeah, and has gills. Yeah. She's a gill yeah, man. Yeah. But she it's a, a, it's a beautiful man. looking movie. Yeah. Uh, no, it, 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 it like, I think if the plot was like that much more simplified, it would be like a great movie for a six year old mm-hmm. because like, it's just like so beautiful colors. Like everything is really kinetic and fun. Um, this is but, a great first movie for someone. Yeah, to watch. Yeah, especially like I bet it was. It's only up here from uphill from here. Uphill from here, baby. But I also bet it looked really cool if you saw it on a big screen. Well, we should ask both. Which of them. I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yes, the the big Titanic battles look really cool. Uh, I think I also say that for the most part, I thought the character design was pretty awesome. I I didn't love the the mermaid look. At yeah. the end, the the red and black. Yeah, what was... she like the true face of the mermaid was not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Did not like that. Uh, but I thought the rest of the character design was cool. I like, I did like on the the big mermaid thing the uh, the constant waterfall from the from the head. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, um, that was very cool. So, yeah, like you know, as always, the the art team has nothing to be ashamed of. They did great. 
Yeah. No, they 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 earned their paychecks full stop. All of them. Like it was and like in the voice acting was really good. And that, yeah. but it like all of these problems are, are narrative and world building related. I, I will say this. Yeah. This sounds like a, you know, I don't know, a, a backhanded silver lining a little bit. But I did appreciate for this studio in particular that it didn't. It, there was obviously a lot of release the Kraken type of references, but it wasn't mm. overly referential on pop culture. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I liked that because that I like that, too. I always find that a little weird in these movies where it's like, eh, eh, like that family <laughs> guy kind of quality. You know, references. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also, um, you know, obviously it's not super successful, but I, I do appreciate that they took a stab at an original IP. Like that's rare. Yeah. Um, cool. I, I still say cool idea. I still like the idea of like. You know, let's make mermaids the bad guys, you know, and we'll release it the same year as the Little Mermaid uh, remake. It'll be great. Um, seems smart. Seems like a cool move. Uh, I wish the execution was better, but I like the concept in general and I like that it's original. That's that's good, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's obviously taking characters from myth and everything because mm -hmm. it's it's hard. There's almost nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And like, I'm sure that's the only reason that it even approached getting made is that they like, all right, well, you can do this uh, mistaken identity story, but it has to be monsters that people are familiar with. Right. You know, and it's just, it's like it, it, that if it was just sea monsters and whatever, like that wouldn't have worked. But it's, it's but it is so much more original than 90 percent of the stuff that gets put out in cinemas. Yeah, now. too bad it did not pay off at all. <laughs> yeah, studio learned their lesson. Yeah, back to the trolls movies. <laughs> it's like we can train more dragons. It's fine. <laughs> Pandas can learn other martial arts. Oh, it's true. Did did we do it? I think we did it. And I think I mean yeah, it's not a long list. Yeah, no, this honestly. like this uh, if. If this movie was as well written as it looked, this could have been a new classic in children's animation. Agreed. I'm I'm gonna go as far as I'm gonna say I'm that's my hot take on this movie. You know, it sounded like we were on different pages at the beginning, but I think that exact wording I co-signed. <laughs> 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 well, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I always come out at story first, and the story really bothered me. Oh, so the story's I, so bad. Yeah, and it, but it's like it's, it's a good idea, at its base, and it almost makes choices to make it good, and then it doesn't, and it's bad. Right. Okay. So just to distill this down, if this were better, it would have been good. Is that what we've decided? If this was better, it would have been really good. You know, it's right. it's your fifth time and our 180 some episode. But I think Holy crap. you might have just these could have all been five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> these could have been TikTok reels. And here we are making 45 minute podcasts. You really hacked the system. Like Nice. Thank you. You're thank like you. those Jeopardy players that learned you can skip around and find the daily doubles <laughs> first. And now, now you've broken the format of the show. <laughs> you can't just run. You don't have to just run down categories. Yeah. Um, all right. But Jonathan Davenport, um, every time between your appearances, I feel like you just do more things and become more impressive. So, uh, yeah, there are things on the horizon that I imagine you might want to mention. 
Uh, I got a couple things going on right now. Um, my animated short film Bridges should be out for public viewing next year, sometime very soon, probably for Black History Month, if uh, I were to guess. And That's good also, synergy. Right? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. coming up. Um, and also, um, I wrote a uh, feature film, a uh, family comedy called F Plus. It's a heist movie uh, set in a middle school. It's Ocean's Eleven with 12-year-olds. And that should be coming out next year, too. Did you ever write Ocean's Eleven-year-olds? I feel like that's a pretty I good... never wrote that exact sentence because I did not write Ruby Gilman. <laughs> And I'm reverse card back to you, sir. <laughs> oh man, that that well well played, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> hurt people, hurt people. That's what we learned today. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Philip and Katie and Bridget, and we're three friends who like movies, especially movies of yore when we were small and everything seemed awesome. Now we're revisiting these bright, shining beacons of our youth and figuring out if they are for real. So sit back and relax and revisit the best, the worst, and everything in between from the 80s and 90s. And find out, is, is it for real? real?